Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport, the finest student-run fantasy football podcast in the nation. My name is Jack Donnelly and here at the Ramble it's wildcard week as it seems to be the same up and down the country. At least half of our regular panellists pressed the reset button and have completely switched things up for this coming game week. One man who's done just that, aside from myself, is Graham Sinclair who's making his first appearance since uh, for the last few weeks. Mate, it's good to have you back. First appearance of the season, Jack. It is first appearance of the season. I've missed you. The, the league champion has not started well and has been hiding away. <laughs> and now the wild card's played, he thinks he's going to rock it back up the league. More at 10 o'clock. <laughs> More at 10 o'clock. See, you've got that excuse. I don't have that excuse for starting horribly to be able to just hide away. Uh, I am I, forced to just blurt out that I am... I'm bottom of the money league and I'm three off the bottom of the shows league. But you would know that yourself if you were part of our league for this show and you can join it with the code DPPRDJ on the official Premier League website. Great puck. Thank you. Great puck. Thank you. Thank Taylor Murray, everyone. Taylor Murray's <laughs> joining us today. How are you, mate? All good, all good. I'm enjoying life. Glad to be here. After yesterday. I'm... After yesterday? Tell us what yeah. happened yesterday then. Well, yesterday I was in work. was feeling the worst after um, Rangers had been in <clears throat> the Europa League thinking, you know what, just take it, no, just concentrate in the league. Didn't expect a 4 0 ramping up it that way. <laughs> that was that was, an, that was a shock for me, honestly. I thought maybe a good shock. Win. Oh no, it was a good shock. I'll take the shocks all day long, give me <laughs> left, right, centre, up, down, but oh honestly. That was it was a good day, put that way, good day for football. Good day for football and a good day to have Taylor Murray on the podcast. Finally joining us as well, Stu and Garvey, good to have you here, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. Uh, Bayern Munich won yesterday. I don't know if they still think <laughs> my team to celebrate a victory with them. And Celtic. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Celtic. And, what do you mean? What do, what do you mean? What, mini Celtic boy strewing? Oh, that's not me. I think I think it might be, though. Uh, I've already how are you made... spelling boy? How, how are you spelling boy, I think, is more <laughs> the more relevant question with that one, to be honest. Uh, as I've already plugged it, but I'll plug the league again. If you didn't catch the code the first time around, you can get it now. The code is DPPRDJ to join our 38-man strong league, trying to get up to 40 and 50 and hopefully beyond. Carl Lanka, if you're listening to this podcast, we, we would love to have you. Love to have you in the league. We, you've been a great support to the show the past couple of weeks. And uh, we, we you stay for the good Lanky chat and join the league for even more, even more nonsense. I think it would be the correct word to describe it. Uh, we're also over on Twitter at Fantasy Ramble, where you can find predictions from the four of us and our two other hosts, Raf and Jamie, uh, before the games kick off tomorrow at half twelve. Speaking of the games, we're going to get kicked off with the first of our big three this weekend, and the first of the big three is the last game scheduled in the weekend, as it is Liverpool versus Arsenal Monday night at eight pm. In the last match for both teams, Liverpool took home a 2-0 victory away at Stamford Bridge, while Arsenal had to battle through a fairly tough London derby against West Ham, winning that one 2-1. Uh, biggest kind of talking point for this one for me is that this is the beginning of a very tough run for Arsenal. Uh, Struan, do you reckon points are going to be crucial in this one for the uh, North London side if they are to really stake, uh, stake a claim for top four this season, especially with the run they've got coming up? I, th- I think it's a bit tricky with Arsenal because I do fancy them to make top four this season. And I think Liverpool almost, in a sense, is, is that game you look at and you just think, well, that's a throwaway and you move on to the next one. But I, I do fancy Arsenal to get something from this game. I think they've started very well and I think they just look really strong. They've had some good luck against Liverpool in the past two fixtures as well. And I think they'll, they'll have that in the back of their mind that they know they can beat Liverpool, you know, even with a very strong team. So I think I think it'll be a confidence booster for them but as, as you say they do have quite a tough run coming up so I think they'll, they'll want to get everything they can from this game and a tough run that might be made a bit more difficult with the uh, injury doubts surrounding uh, our man Keenan Tierney once again uh, perpetually injured unfortunately KT and he's not really been able to get a full season under his belt for what seems like his entire career at this point uh, Taylor how, how do you fancy Arsenal's chances especially when they're missing a player of Keenan Tierney's quality I fancy Arsenal I've got to say they're putting a good game for this. I, I fancy them pretty good, but uh, will they be well enough to beat the reigning champions? I don't know, but it's interesting that Arsenal have won their last two meetings against Liverpool. One being in the, I think, in the league, uh, the last meeting in the league last year, and in uh, obviously the Community Shield. That's there you go. A, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't remember the name of Community Shield, but. 
There've been a lot of goals in the last couple of games between these two clubs, especially with that one in the League Cup where it was five each. I think that uh, basically ended last year. Mm-hmm. So it's always entertaining, and probably our goals can goals will happen. Saying that this will be nil nil, <laughs> probably the least attacking game you'll watch all weekend. But Arteta, uh, Arteta has revamped Arsenal, and Struan has made the point before that he can he sees Arsenal improving under Arteta compared to Lampard and. Oligan or Solskjaer, mm. they look like they're going back. Me, I feel like Lampard's taking them forward, Solskjaer is taking United back. So I feel like Arteta is one of the ones where he's took what Guardiola has took, added his own style, and he's now actually, he's the manager that Arsenal have been craving for for the last couple of years. So, so the, the only point you're making really there is the fact that out of Struan's comment that he made on extra time are from Thursday there, He's only wrong in the sense that Lampard's taken Chelsea forward and it's only Solskjaer that's taken his club in a backward step. Yes, I I didn't think Struan would be too happy with that one personally, but that's, that's an awful lot. it sounds an awful lot like a him problem, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> uh, Graham, taking a look at Liverpool uh, before we get into the predictions for this one. Uh, what... We've had a brief conversation just off air uh, before we started about their midfield three and how that will factor in Thiago moving forward. Are we expecting them to start this weekend after an impressive 45-minute spell against Chelsea or do you think Klopp will go with what he knows already, maybe start uh, Keita or Wijnaldum alongside Henderson and Fabinho? Uh, No, I think Klopp's hinted that Thiago will start and I think that was made more clear yesterday by the fact that he wasn't even in the squad for the Lincoln game, whereas... That was kind of the time to get people to run out in the team and Thiago just wasn't involved at all. So I think that mm-hmm. those things kind of nod to the inclusion of Thiago in the starting lineup. I think the more interesting aspect of this game is who's going to start at centre-back for Liverpool. Will mm-hmm. he go with if he's back fit or will he stick with Fabinho who shut down Werner for most of mm-hmm. last week? Absolutely. I, I, th- I thought uh, Fabinho and shutting down Werner was probably the best player in the park in the in the 2-0 win over Chelsea. Uh how, how do you see this one going then? If Thiago does start, how do you see him impacting this game, perhaps, probably in Liverpool's favour? Well, there's a few things that I think you have to note. One, and this isn't really to do with the result, is that the game's been moved to 8 o'clock, which means people can watch the whole game in the pub, except for us, because we're not allowed in pubs this weekend. <laughs> oh, it's a Monday night, so but, we might we might be back allowed back in by then, who knows. Mm-hmm. Liverpool have won their last five games at Anfield against Arsenal, and there have been some doings in there. Last year's 3-1, 5-1 before yep. that, 4-0 before that, a couple of 3-1s and a 5-1. However, as we've noted, Arsenal won the last two games. They've won it by getting breaks and convert and being really clinical and then sitting back and soaking in pressure from Liverpool. I think it's going to be hard to do that three times in a row. Mm-hmm. I think that Liverpool just... One was a community shield, the other was a Premier League game when they'd won the league. It's a different animal this time. I think yeah. Liverpool have started the season looking really good. And I think for Arsenal, it's going to be a really tough game. I can't see them getting anything out of it. I think I'd be inclined to agree with you. I do think it's going to be a tough day at the office for Arsenal. I think they're going to be up against it. But I, I suppose if, if, you're any, if you're any kind of team at the moment, you would want to... You, if, you're, if you're this Arsenal team, rather. Sorry, I should have made that more clear. If you're this Arsenal team... You'll probably go into this one with a bit of, at least a bit of confidence, maybe a bit of swagger behind you, just because everything seems to be going right at the moment it's, for Arsenal. It's probably their best chance at Anfield in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Because they have this proper actual attitude towards the game. Mm-hmm. But even Arsenal's best chance is still a long shot in my eyes. Well, if it's a long shot in your eyes, we'll move on and we'll get your predictions for it. What what are you going to give this, uh, this in terms of a scoreline, Graham? I think Liverpool win 3-0. 3-0, that, that's bold. Bold, keeping a clean sheet as well. That would be mm-hmm. very good, especially since I know a lot of us will have some Liverpool defenders in our team. Uh, who would you give the nod as your key man or some key players to bring in for this game? Well, I think Tiago is going to be a key man in the actual game, but I would avoid him in fantasy. He costs £6 million, and I don't think he's going to get many points at all. He's not really the guy that gets fantasy stats. Yeah. I, think, uh, I would think, for me, I think, as always, do you go Trent or Robbo or Sal and Manny? You pick one of each of them if you're yeah. doing it. And I've went for both cheap options. <clears throat> I went for Robbo and I went for Manny. I think both have started the season. Well, in fact, 
Tyler and Manny both started the season pretty cool, but Robbo's looked better than Trent has. I'd agree with that, yeah. And Manny tends to show up in the big games for Liverpool more than Salah. He gets more of the goals in the big games, whereas Salah kind of beats up on the small teams a bit more. So I would say Robbo and Manny will be my fantasy picks. Very good options. I mean, it's it'll take a lot, but if if you are playing it a wild card week as we are here, uh, for Graham and I anyway, you'll you'll be able to find a way to manoeuvre your team around to fit both in. Uh, Struan, how about you? Are you have you got a bit more belief in your in your in your Arsenal team? I'm saying at this point, like you seem to have a bit, seem to be speaking more highly of them than you are United at this point. That another change of allegiances? I'm smelling. Oh, it's not. No, 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 no. <laughs> just want to get that on record as a, as a definite no. Okay, good. But um, I, I'm going to back Arsenal for a 2-1 victory. I can't really go on extra time, shout out to extra time, and back Arteta and then just immediately expect a, a loss. But yeah, I'll go for a 2-1 Arsenal victory. I think it'll be, a, if, if it is to be that case, I think it will be very similar to what Graham said of Arsenal will probably only have two to three chances in the game and for mm-hmm. the rest of it, it'll be very compact defensively. For Keyman. I think I'd go with Aubameyang. As, as said, Trent Alexander-Arnold hasn't started the season too well and he's going to be facing Aubameyang. Maybe somebody like Nicholas Pepe could maybe come up with a little moment of brilliance as well. But I, th- I think if you are going for Arsenal players, I would go for the front three because I, I don't think a clean sheet is really going to be on against this Liverpool team at the moment. Someone that is going for a, a, an Arsenal defender in this one because he's already in his team, Taylor. Uh, how, how do you see this one going, mate? What, what's your prediction here? Matt, right. My prediction is Liverpool win 1-0. However, that could swing either way. I'm only going with Liverpool as I see them. They've got the stronger attacking threat. But I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal went 1-0 in this game. Um, especially when you've got Aubameyang, who looks like a very dangerous attack. But also you've got Salah, who's banging a hat-trick in the first game of the season. And you've got Manny, who's just been incredible for him for what feels like forever. But... Uh, Gabriel, I've got him in my team. He could be a big factor in changing the tightness as he looks like a solid centre-back for Arsenal. Something that they've not had probably since arguably the Koscielny since he was at Arsenal. Maybe not even probably further back than that. Cause I thought I thought we were going to be going a lot further back. Yeah, maybe. I, didn't, I didn't expect Koscielny's name to crop up today. I, have to say. No, I just mean I someone that, that Gabriel... seems reliable. What you saying, I, reckon, I reckon that Brazilian centre-back Gabriel might be the best centre-back since the Brazilian centre-back Gabriel at Arsenal. <laughs> there was another Brazilian centre-back Gabriel, you're right, I forgot about Gabriel Paulista. Paulista, he was Diego Costa's best friend, if I remember, if I remember correctly. I think, was all it? I think all Brazilians are like Diego Costa. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I, was, I was meaning best friend in a sarcastic sense, as they really hated each other on the oh, pitch. Did I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, they, oh they, they, there, were a few, there were a few battles between them and... Cost this time in uh, West London, but that we're, that's not what we're talking about just now. So, who who are you backing as a key man? Then Gabriel again. Uh, no, my actual key man would be uh, if you're gonna go one of the big hitters, uh, either Salah or Abamyang. Choose a side, whatever side you think it might swing. Me personally, since I've already got one, I stuck with Abamyang. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if he does score, you'll get more points in fantasy since he's classified as a midfielder. So that cheat code there. But uh, yeah, I can see this going either way. Well, one goal and it. One goal in it either. Can I, get, can I just quickly add, Jack? Of course I you think, can. Uh, it's a, it may not happen. I'd say it's more of a long shot, but keep an eye out for maybe Curtis Jones or Minamino starting because they both look fantastic. And although Firmino's place looks like it's solidified, you, sometimes Klopp likes to reward players to form. Minamino was incredible yesterday. Mm-hmm. Naby Keita's form, well, it's not form, it's early in the season. Naby Keita and Curtis Jones, there's not much to separate them at the moment. So I Okay. There's a small chance one of them can start. Interesting. Bank on it or bet on it or put anyone in your fantasy team, but just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely something. Well, it it would be keep, definitely something to keep an eye on if that would perhaps instill a spell of appearances, especially yeah. if they get on well against Arsenal and could then have a bit more of a run in the team in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as for me with this one, I think I probably am going to lean on the Liverpool side of things. I, I think I'll go two one Liverpool. As usual, I'm making my predictions up on the spot with this show because we we do love preparation. Uh, I, I do think Arsenal will give a good go at it, but I think because Tierney's out and he's been so influential in that defence, uh, I think Liverpool's front three will just be able to wreak a bit more havoc than uh, Tierney would have allowed them. Um, I, I just think they'll have too much quality for a fairly like fresh-look Arsenal defence. Uh, Gabriel is still getting accustomed to the league. I mean, it was games against, well, no disrespect to them, but Fulham and West Ham 
and he got the goal against Fulham, but there was really no threat. This is the first time he's being tested against a proper world-class Premier League attack, so I don't know how well he's going to uh, stand up, as Taylor's suggesting, but I'll go 2-1 Liverpool. I do completely agree. Thiago's going to have a massive uh, involvement in this game on the pitch, but we don't bring him in for fancy because... Uh, he's a bit like Kovacic at Chelsea. He he can do he can do things in the middle, but he won't get the final ball or the goal that gets you the much needed points in your mini league. Uh, I will go for in terms of fancy points. I, I'll I'll go for I'll go for Manny over Salah in this one. I think I do like Graham's point about Manny coming alive in the big games for Liverpool. So I'll stick with him with that in mind. Uh, we'll move on to the second game of the big three that we're going to talk about. Uh, last year's runners-up Manchester City taking on Leicester at the Etihad on Sunday at 4.30 uh, in the last run-out uh, City won their first game of the season with a 3-1 win over Wolves at the Molyneux well, Leicester scored four goals in a six-goal match at home to Burnley uh, in a weekend of just most amount of goals in a Premier League weekend it was fantastic last week Hopefully, uh, it's not going to happen again but we'd love to see it if they broke that record each week moving on. Uh, I, d- I didn't really see much of City, if I'm being honest, in their game last week, but from what I understood, they were just instantly back to it, uh, compared to Manchester United anyway, who, of course, lost to Crystal Palace. Uh, sorry, Struan. No, no, I, 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 I wasn't trying to dig the knife in deeper, but it's always going to happen. It's a very good point, though. Taylor, I, w- I want to get your thoughts on this in terms of fancy football, uh, because you've already said... Uh, before we start recording, that you're going bold and not bringing in any City players just yet. Why not when a player like Kevin De Bruyne has already gone up in price? Because Pep Guardiola hates fantasy players. Simple as that. He looks at it, he sees who's the most picked and goes, nah, no this, no this week. Honestly, try to guess uh, the starting lineup for Man City is basically like try to guess a lot of the numbers each week. It's just no going to happen. <laughs> but saying that, I do have a note here that... Uh, I feel like a mainstay other than Ederson, it could be in that midfield for the foreseeable future, could be Phil Foden. Mm. I know you could argue that De Bruyne is all that in there, but I feel like he might rest him if there's a a big, important European week coming up. But Mm. I feel like uh, Phil Foden is going to be in that midfield quite a lot this season, especially since David Silver's off. And yeah, I feel like in your fantasy, he's a relatively cheap price. I'm pretty sure he's 5.5, maybe just 5. 6.5. 6.5 is so far off. So he's in the mid range. So he is in that mid range where it's like, he's, a, he's not too much a gamble, but he's not really that cheap price that you would obviously be dying for. But I feel like he's a, a person that you might want to consider bringing in, considering he did score in did. Uh, City's first game. Uh, I've, I have considered Phil Foden for my team, if I'm being honest, but um, I, I just feel like you really cannot overlook Kevin De Bruyne. I think it was the first port of call for a lot of us anyway, uh, when we were, start, we were building our team ahead of game week one. We made sure that we had room in our budget and just a way to manoeuvre someone out in that, in that first free transfer to get De Bruyne straight back into the team. Graham, I think you did that, if I'm right. Yeah, I initially had made space to put De Bruyne on in week two, but Salah scored a hat-trick, so I kept him in. But mm-hmm. now De Bruyne is in the team again for this weekend's fixtures. Uh, this weekend's fixture for City, of course, is Leicester, as we've already mentioned. Graham, they're looking a bit better than I think a lot of us were anticipating uh, coming in. I think a lot of us were quite negative, quite down on Leicester, expecting them to really fall away in the league this season especially with Europa League football coming in as well. Uh, they're currently top. Uh, they've really excelled uh, thus far anyway. Are they worth a shout in this one? Do, do they have a Do they have a chance here? I don't think so, Jack. I don't. I can't really see it. And there's a couple of reasons why. I think they start off with looking at their fixtures. You see they played uh, They played West Brom, who I think we can all admit don't look good at all. They look like they're going mm-hmm. straight back down. And they play a Burnley side who just getting their season kicked off. Um a couple of the teams, not Manchester City, funnily enough, a couple of the teams that missed the first week looked a bit sluggish. Yeah. Uh, and then the second reason, this is the main reason, is that Wilford and Didi is needing surgery and is going to miss 12 weeks. And we saw what happened to Leicester last year, last season, sorry, when Didi got injured, that was the start of their collapse. Yeah. So, a City side that looked amazing. I, th- I thought they looked really impressive on Monday. They looked like they hadn't skipped a beat. Didn't look like they were too cool at all. 
this is a Leicester side and they miss some key players. I think we'll only see this game going one way. Well, we'll, we'll kind of remove this game from the equation for Leicester at the moment and we'll move on to a man who, in terms of Leicester, has probably been their standout option in terms of fancy football. Uh, young defender James Justin, uh, 4.7 million. He's already gone up by 0.2 million in two weeks. 16 points from those two first games. Uh, Struan, is he a, a player for the season ahead? Could he be someone that you bring in now and then keep a hold of until the end of the season? Yeah, I think he could definitely be one of those ones that you see kind of come in and out of your team, often sits on the bench in fantasy and then you know could maybe sub in. I think he's got a good chance to start in most games, whether it's in the back three as a centre-back or whether it is in the back four with Ricardo still out. And yeah, I think he's just one of those cheap options who will get you good points out of the season. And I think Brendan Rodgers really likes him. That's been clear at the end of last season and the beginning of this one. So I would expect him to get quite a decent amount of game time should he stay fit. I see him being the uh, backup once Pereira comes back. Unfortunately, what? I think he's good for the up right now. Mm-hmm. But I think that Pereira's spots are not spot, and I think the same thing with Castagna to be the left back. And he's actually got more points than James Justin. He does. Two weeks. Yeah. I, I think Justin game. will only play in about three if Pereira's put again. So I, I think it's a good option to have now, but you may have to detriment your team at some point later on. Timothy Although saying that, he was playing on the left-hand side uh, when Leicester were playing against West Brom. He was playing as a left-back, although it, is a, it seems like a makeshift. He did really well out there, and that's where he actually got his goal. So I could see him maybe maybe playing on the left-hand side. Who's that, Justin? Yeah. He, did, he didn't score against West Brom. I meant, uh, sorry, no West Brom. Um... Burnley. Who was the last game Burnley. against? Burnley. Uh, who was he playing last week? Uh, it was Burnley. Yeah, it was Burnley. Yeah, Burnley. Scored... <laughs> I just said Burnley. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Burnley. Yeah, I know you said Burnley. Yeah, we just scored. He was basically playing as a makeshift left back, but I could see him maybe coming in there. Mm-hmm. Taylor, are you are you drumming? Me? No. You're mashing a keyboard. Is this a common theme of Energy Podcast this week? It's just keyboards getting battered in the background of recording. Oh, wait, was that really like that one? Oh, I was, I was, back, I back, I was backspacing because I was fixing it. Oh, that's what it was. You were backspacing. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I like that. That, that was good. I, I, I do like that reference. Uh, just for reference, actually, Castagna is currently the highest scoring defender in fantasy football with 23 points in two games at 5.6 million. So, what's that? Point nine. Of a, of a difference between the two? Have I got... Have I, got, I've I, I think he was thinking. a great signing for Leicester. I, I'm surprised he's as expensive as he was. I was I saw him coming in and thought, oh, that's a nice cheap, maybe a nice cheap option, but FPL must think he's going to be a really good player for them. Mm-hmm. If he's a bit at 5 points, it's not the same as Tierney. A player like Tierney. Yeah, coming into the league at 5.5, the same as established Premier League defenders like Tierney. It's, it, it was a bit odd for me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think for somebody of his versatility he's going to be one of these guys who you could see on the left wing you could see on the right wing left back left wing back I think he's probably going to if, if he's fit he'll somehow be forced into that team mm-hmm. Is it especially when Atalanta last season he basically played everywhere up the left hand side yeah no definitely I think it's like Mason Mount at Chelsea he'll, he'll, he'll find his way into starting 11 one way or another uh, right we'll move on and do some predictions for this one Taylor how do you see this one going but that's this, this, I feel like this could either be a, a big doing or it could be a close game. So I'm going to go in the middle and say 3-0 City. 3-0 <laughs> Man City, make that pretty precise. How, how is that it, in the middle? <laughs> it could be a big doing or a close yeah, game. Yeah, no, I, in my head I was thinking this could actually what, possibly what else, go. What else is there? I've seen that and I was still <laughs> trying to actually come up with exactly what I was thinking because I'm still actually debating... Do I consider Leicester really like decent? Do I consider my threat this season for possibly top four? And I'm still in the middle with that, so I don't really know. Although they have been started, although they've started well, but I don't see them actually being City. City, like I feel like City is too much, even though without a striker, with possibly Liam Dalap coming into the squad, he might even get a start. The seventeen-year-old, but something tells me he won't start against against Leicester. I think I think you made a point. Uh, a Phil Foden false nine potentially oh, yeah, could that, be more I, realistic. I'm all on the board for Phil Foden for Snyder, honestly. <laughs> I can see him basically Pep Guardiola reincarnating him as Messi. Yes, I just compared Foden to Messi. Oh, you have done I'm that. I'm riding right. that bus now. I feel like I need to stick with it, so 3 0 Well, there's the episode <laughs> title right there. That's fine. <laughs> 
and, 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 that, and to be fair, Guardiola has said he's the most talented player he's ever worked with. I mean, so. he did, but he, that wasn't me. <laughs> For God's sake. He's good, but he's no Ryan Kent. Oh, don't get him yeah, started. Yeah, 100%. Right, no, 100%. Right, I'm getting mute Taylor the now, just, just, so, just so we don't have to hear that uh, patter again. <laughs> Uh, Graham, how do you see this one going? Is that a win for City here? I want you to predict a draw and I think some of my scores are going to continue with the team. There's going to be lots of goals this weekend. But like you said, Jesus is out. So it's going to be a makeshift strike force. And so City will only score three. It will be 3 1 to let it to Manchester City this weekend, I think. I'm actually going to echo that prediction. 3 3, three 1 was what I had in my head as well. So I'll, I'll stick with you on that, Graham. Have you got any, any players you want to highlight into this one that you would advise bringing into fancy? I'd imagine really. No less to defenders, unless perhaps uh, Castagna pops up with an assist for that one goal. You only bring in lesser defenders if you're stashing them, because they have quite favourable fixtures after this. They do. If you're looking at City players, and it's always really hard to predict City players. De Bruyne, there's actually a small doubt about De Bruyne that's not on the fantasy website. Apparently, he had a really nasty challenge in the League Cup one over Bournemouth. Oh, really? The head injury or expected to be fit, but it's just something to be wary of. I'm with. Yeah, I want. I want to put Foden in so bad because he's price, but I just can't trust Pep to play him all the time. I'll say Foden for this game though. Just this, Foden this for this game. game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll take You're taking a game mega back. risk, but if Pep's smart, and he's not. <laughs> you you've had some choice words for Pep Guardiola in the past. <laughs> uh, we can we can recall the Fo- previews. Fo- Foden should become one. Like if City has like four players that are like automatically in the team sheet if they're fit. I think Foden should be added to that to what, like throughout this season, but I don't think it will, it will be good as young. Foden for this game. Which which is a, a real kind of insult to his talent because he is talented enough to do it, but what uh, seems to be the case of if you're if you're good if you're not old enough, you're you're not good enough apparently with Pep Guardiola, that seems to be the case. But Matt Busby is fuming right now. <laughs> Matt Busby is turning in his grave. Uh, Struan, how, how do you see this one going then? Uh, I've gone 4 2 City. I've, I've said I'm going to go for some, some of my fixtures. But Taylor, what was, what, what was that? What was that? I'm sorry, 4 2. What's wrong with 4 2? What's wrong with 4 2? I've not seen 4 What's wrong with 4 2? You went 3 0. Who, hey, who scored 4 I've changed it to 2 0. I was going to come out of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's the 4 2? Leicester or City? Man City. Man City. You said City. Did you you said City. Taylor, are you listening to what so your co-hosts are saying today? I'm thinking it's You know, no, I was. Are you okay? Taylor, oh, what's going on with you today? You don't have a striker. I'm just, I'm baffled. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll go back to my, my point. Right, go, please continue, Stuart. So basically, neither team is really that strong defensively at the moment, as Graham pointed out. They're missing Wilfred and Didi, who is massive. Ricardo's not fit. The Man City defence is just all over the shop, to be honest. I just don't see a clean sheet. I think both teams will score, even without a striker. I mean, City have got goals all over. Even, to be fair, even when Jesus is playing, I wouldn't fancy him to be one of the goal scorers. I'm, I'm not a big fan of him, to be honest. Yeah, but they could always throw the lap on, if you know what I mean. But um, Nice. But yeah, I, th- I think they'll be okay. I mean, Sterling can fill in up front. Foden could play there, potentially. They could switch to that four four two, the triple two, maybe even have De Bruyne up there as well. Yeah, true. I, I do think they need to sack whoever's in charge of their medical because City have had so many big injuries at the moment. It's just a history. It's a it's a plague yeah, history it's... of injuries at City at the moment, isn't it? With Aguero still out for a few months, I wouldn't be surprised if they because they're looking at um, Kunde of Sevilla to come into that defence. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they end up looking for a striker as well because I don't know how much Aguero can play at the moment. And as, as I mentioned earlier on with Jesus, even when he's fit, I still just don't think he's anywhere near good enough to be leading that line with City, especially with talented players like De Bruyne, Mahrez, yeah. and Sterling all around him. If I could just step in and uh, point back to one of my agendas. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Gabriel Jesus last season had more open play goal contributions than one Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh. oh my god! Oh, good. We're reviving this. We're getting on another podcast. Just, just something to merging of content. We love it. Just something I just, I just throw into the, into the ring. <laughs> You're just trying to antagonise Taylor more because he's already in one of those moods, isn't he? Uh, it's not difficult, is it? <laughs> it's really. Strain, I love you, but four twos is too crazy. I'm sorry. We had two five twos last week, Taylor. Yeah, but that's Taylor, it was the highest, <laughs> highest scoring weekend of Premier League history last year, last week, and you're telling me that four two is two out of the Honestly, question. Man City scored three against Wolves. 
<laughs> yeah, they had a striker then. I know you said Jesus might have... But he didn't score. Not... Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> you see, I know they just don't have a natural striker that won't make their runs. And Why does if you try to tell me Sterling could put up front, he can he can score a tap in. So I don't believe. Man United have a natural striker and a Gallo, but he's not scoring anything. Did <laughs> Sterling not have like the second most goal contributions in the whole of Europe last season? Yeah, he did yeah. when he plays in the yeah, world. Yeah, not Why should it matter? He doesn't lose all his ability when he goes up. Like, yeah, no, but top. it's like it's a different See, to be fair, if I was playing with De Bruyne, I would score about 15, 20 a season because he'd just give me about 20 tap ins. I would like and to he, see that. Even though Sterling has missed a few minutes. I would love to see the look in your face as a De Bruyne passage just fizzing its way across the turf towards you. So one change for City on Sunday, Gabby has just like Struan Garvey. Struan <laughs> Garvey. Like, quick That's not main man for the game. They thought Jesus yeah. was main man the for the game, but it turned Garvey. out to be Garvey. Oh, Struan, see, some, some, some of them are good, but then some of them make me want to boot you out this call. <laughs> that, that, that was borderline, mate. <laughs> I'm hovering over the button right now. <laughs> Mate, the Kepa one on Twitter the other day was absolutely woeful. I've, I've, I've never like wanted to dislike a tweet more than that. <laughs> Moving on to before... To be fair, I was nearly going to make about lamps having a bright idea, but... Okay, let's quickly move on. Let, no, let's move on from that, because good goodness me, your, your spot on this podcast is in danger, brother. Don't, don't get it wrong. Uh, we'll move on to the final of the big games before we touch on the extras and the fancy team of the week. We've got Crystal Palace taking on Everton at Selhurst Park. The last two games, it was a 3-1 win for Palace uh, against United, as I mentioned earlier. Sorry, Struan. Uh, and Everton were one of two 5-2 winners over West Bromwich Albion at home last weekend. Uh, so, coming into this one, both teams unbeaten. Both teams look particularly exciting, I suppose we could say. Uh I know Sean Miguel of Extra Time isn't in that boat with Everton, but they do, they do look quite exciting one way or another, even if they are conceding. Graham, who's the more likely team to keep it going after this weekend? I think you would say Everton. I think you would still, on paper, Everton have the stronger squad, mm-hmm. the stronger starting eleven, the stronger manager. And even though they're away from home for this game, I think they would, they would be the team that you would expect to pick up the three points. But I think it's got to make it a good game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I do agree with that. Uh, Taylor, I'm going to ask you about your man once again. Is he a must in your team from now on? 100%. I'm like all aboard the Hamish Rodriguez bus for actually sweating up all the awards this year. Honestly, he is an incredible football player. He's just incredible the fact he's playing with everyone out of anyone. Why is he not in a top six club? I really don't know. Maybe because of his injuries. But you just need to watch him. Just use your eyes and watch him. He's actual, he just graces that Use your man. eyes. Honestly, he's, just, he's an incredible football player. He's actually that creativity that Everton have been lacking. I know Sean said the fact uh, on extra time that, oh, maybe don't get in the hype too much for Everton. I'm on the hype for Everton. <laughs> Anshaw is a great manager. Hans Rodriguez is a great player. And DCL is going to score a third season. No, he's that not. That is okay. a joke. That is not happening. But the Charleston is also, he's a he's a scary man, so... Um, <laughs> he's a scary man, he's not a good footballer, he's a scary man, though. He's a scary man that could somehow score harder chances than the easier ones, so I'm batting everyone all the way this season. And I only want to hit the strewn, but I just want to kind of push back and like, Taylor said that Hamas shouldn't be in a top six club. Well, sorry, it should be at a top six club, and I don't agree with that. I think Hamas needs to be a player that is like the focal point of a team, Yeah. and I don't think at any of the top six clubs... Hammers is good enough. Maybe Arsenal. Arsenal maybe the only. Would you not say that he's in a um, a better player than having like say for Liverpool in their midfield? Like imagine having Thiago no, in that midfield. No, because Liverpool's midfield is all about the industry and the working yeah. hard, and that's not Hammers' strong suit. He needs to be the guy that's controlling the play. And any of any apart from like I said, apart from Arsenal, one of those teams needs somebody like that. Whereas Everton do. Whereas just so I think he's at the right place for his career right now. I was expecting a rebuttal from Taylor. Then I'm not going to be. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to lie. Nah, and I was like, just doing getting at his point now. Uh, just before we move, I, I, Graham, I didn't I, have one, but I would agree <laughs> with uh, Graham. I don't. I don't think Hamas Rodriguez would even start for any of the top six teams potentially at the moment, other than potentially Arsenal. There's a call. Really? There's a. There's a call. He's come back with that one. I agree with Sean. Spurs are a push, but I think he'd probably rather Giovanni Lascelles in their long term. I, I don't know. I could, I could see. I could see Mourinho starting Rodriguez at ten. To I be honest, Mourinho's going to get 
rewards hard work. Like he's already it's like work hard hundred and ten percent. And I don't think that's wrong with Hammers at clubs, but I think I think at Spurs it wouldn't go down well in the hill. Yeah, no, I can, I can see, I can see that. Just, just before we move on to Stuart and Graham, I wanted to do you not do you not think that that uh, Taylor rant about Rodriguez? It, it reminds me of the John Egan rant from back in a uh, oh back God. in restart, where he genuinely confessed his love for the man. There was not two. There was two people on that podcast that he just went absolutely off on. It was. Who was the other one? It I was, don't remember. I don't remember. I remember asking which one they brother kissed. So. He did, and he answered, didn't he? Yeah, the truth. He truthfully answered. <laughs> I think he settled on Egan. I'll, I'll need to. I'll need to go back and we keep talking about energy out of context. That would be that would be up there for the for the first uh, the first submission. Was it Bruno? Oh, it, nah, Stuart wasn't on that day, so it wouldn't have been. <laughs> if you want to listen, just listen back to the energy podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Go go on to go back through the feed and uh, go and click on uh, just listen to all the podcasts until you find the right moment we're talking about. To be honest. Uh, Struan, just before we move on to predictions for this one, I wanted to take a look at the kind of group of Palace players that seem to be fairly good value for money, uh, especially with the run that they've got. Uh, if I'm right, and I'm just going to double check my facts, even though I wrote it down, between now and the middle of December, they face the big six once, and that's next weekend away at Chelsea. Out, out of the next uh, batch of fixtures, which I think is nine fixtures leading up to Liverpool at home, they are marked as twos on uh, six, six out of nine. Six out of nine fixtures are marked as a two on the difficulty rating. If, if wildcard week is, is such a thing this week, should you be bringing past players into your team? Do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say something quite controversial perhaps to that. Oh, yes. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Palace are that good against teams that will set in. I think the way Man United played was right into Crystal Palace's hands. And I think that was very similar in the first game against Southampton. Mm-hmm. The two blocks of four are perfect. And the amount of pace that they have on that counter-attack is just so effective. I, I didn't manage to watch the whole of the Southampton game, but I saw clips of it. And every single time they went forward, they looked like they could score. And it was the exact same against Manchester United. I think the way the two banks of four just compact into one another, I mean, they're not exactly the biggest names in football, but you've got people who are going to work the likes of Joe Ward, Scott Dan, Gary Cahill when he's fit. Uh, Sacco, Kuyate, Mitchell. I think you've just got a really strong base there. And in your midfield, I mean, MacArthur and McCarthy, they're fantastic at breaking up the play. And yeah. then, but in a game where, against Fulham, for example, I think Fulham would probably be more likely to sit in. And I think Palace, with more possession, would struggle to break down teams when they don't just have that. As, as I mentioned, I don't think McCarthy and um, MacArthur really have that ability to pick out a pass and I just don't think there's super creativity. I really hope that um, the sign of Easy is going to help with that. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just feel Crystal Pass are at their best and the whole 4-4-2, the way they are set up, I think is, is much better against the top half teams. I think that's really where they'll get the best luck from. But in, in, in terms of players, I would... Oh, Zaha. Zaha is a must. Easy, as mm. I mentioned. Mitchell is a very cheap fullback at the moment who, yep. who's got a good points. Van Aanholt's still to be out for a little while longer. Maybe somebody like Batshuayi and Jordan Ayew could also come up with a goal here and there. I, I, I would I would avoid Christian Benteke, I think. <laughs> Jeffrey Schlupp is another one who has the potential, but I think he might be one who gets kicked out of the team when Batshuayi or Easy come in. And, and Andros Townsend is... Yeah, he's, he's, he's half-decent, but against Everton <laughs> and... Uh, yeah. You, you settled on that. You said you're, you're, finishing, you're finishing on Andros Townsend is half-decent and you had to begrudgingly say that after he scored against your team no but I mean he's already equaled his goals and assists from last season in two games this year so I, I don't really go. I don't really want to say too much and big him up to then flop or I don't want to make him out Fair as enough. a flop and yeah. for him to be good so I think Townsend's just he comes up with a smashing goal here and there to be fair so goal of the season and last then again, year was it not no Sons won it actually didn't it yeah it was, I think it was Man City the year before that I was saying the year before oh right enough, yeah sorry. But but then again, they're playing against Jordan Pickford and against long shots. He is, he is <laughs> as bad as Kepa. Chocolate fire guard a couple of times. You have. He, you've... I, th- I think he's. I, I really don't rate Jordan Pickford. They're actually looking at um, Romero to replace him, who I think would probably instantly become the number one at the moment in the form. And I, I think Ancelotti isn't the type of manager to to keep giving him the opportunities. I think we've seen that. We've seen that with Ancelotti in the league in the past, though. Like a Drogba. So I mean. Uh, he he will he will drop if he don't if he doesn't think you're worth uh, worth yeah. starting. So I suppose the point I was trying to make was trying to just big up Tyreek Mitchell. To be honest, uh, yeah, well, he's, he's a very good shout for the money. 
Uh, 11, 11 points in two weeks at 4.1 million, and he's, he's almost guaranteed a start, at least until Van Aanholt comes back. Uh, the next two game weeks, maybe not, maybe won't be the kind of best shout. Probably just bring him in for your bench, but after that, Brighton, Fulham, Wolves will be difficult, Leeds, Burnley, Newcastle. So there's a lot of winnable fixtures in there for Palace, and I think someone like Tyreek Mitchell could really thrive. I think Vincent Gaeta as well as pointing on goalkeepers out, and I think him for Palace he has done yeah. really well so far this season. He could be a bit of an underrated shout. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, uh, we'll move on to predictions quickly before we move on to the extra games. Uh, Graham, how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, I just want to kind of say extremely great point about that Palace's run. Uh, I think it's going to be tougher than you might expect for this game. I am. I think this game actually suits him better. Having said that, I am going to back Everton to sneak a win. 1-0. I think there's games where Palace just lack firepower. They got away with it last week. They had Banyu, whose defence was all over the place. Whereas Everton just looked fairly solid, especially the way it Spurs in game week one. So I'll go for Everton to win 1-0 and Richarlison to be the main man. Richarlison, like that. Ta- Taylor, what do you say to that? Are you, are you just backing uh, Rodriguez from the word go here? Yeah, Everton 2-0, Rodriguez to get a goal or assist in both. As my call, as staying with it. <clears throat> Fair enough. Hamis, I'm on the bus. Hamis, on the, on the Rodriguez bus. Uh, Struan, what about yourself? How do you see it panning out? I've gone for the Mr. McIntosh one, one all, I think. First job we've had predicted today, if I'm right. Could be. I, I think I've, got, I've gone for Zaha to be the key man. I think he'll, he'll probably be the main threat for Crystal Palace, but I think it'll be a. I think it could be quite a defensive game. Mm. I don't think it's going to be quite end to end. I think it'll be one of those where. You've got to take the chances that you can make. Yeah, I, I think as well. I spoke about Gaeta. I don't think he'll be letting too many in at all. Yeah, no, I can I can see it. Uh, I, I I've gone for two 0 as well. To be honest, uh, to Everton, uh, I would like to see Palace do well. Uh, uh, that, I I say two 0 but I've got Zaha in my team. Two one, two one. I'll change. I'll change it before I lock it in. Two one, uh, and I could see. I could see Abdullah Dekouri having a fair, a fair bit of involvement in uh, stopping any quick breaks from uh, that rapid counter-attack, to be honest. I think he'll have a big role to play. I feel I feel like I do, I do like to like to hold a midfielder or a deep-line midfielder more than others, and it tends to bounce back at me, but we'll, we'll stick with it anyway. There's, I, need, I need to keep making our bold moves if I am to, if I am to uh, stake a claim for anywhere other than bottom this year. Uh, that brings us to an end of the three bigger games that we're going to talk about. We'll have a quick word from each of the boys on one of the smaller games we're covering each. Uh, of course, the games that we covered and the games we haven't will be predicted by each of us on our Twitter at Fantasy Ramble. So head over there and see if you agree with what we think of the whole game week broken down. Uh, we'll start with uh, a, a, bit of a, a bit of a derby, a bit of a Yorkshire derby between our Sheffield United and Leeds. Uh, Graham, one very attacking team versus one very defensive team. How do we see it panning out? One very one team that have started setting the league on fire with two four threes. The other team that have just started with a complete whimper. Despite that, I'm not sure that's how this game is going to play. I'm not sure Leeds. It's going to be a really tough fixture for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure a really hard one to predict. Yeah, I know. So good. They look really good going forward. Really shaky at the back. But if Sheffield United play Ollie Burke, then who cares? <laughs> that, that's them playing a man down already. Like who, who They've cares? got no John Egan as well. Aye, John Egan's missing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's an argument that even though Fulham and West Brom look bad, that Sheffield United look like the worst of every single team in the league so far. At least Fulham and West Brom have goals. I don't think Sheffield United have looked like scoring in two games. So I am, t- I think that's what I'm saying, I'm talking myself into Leeds winning this game. You are. I think... And I think at this point, I think for Leeds, early season form is going to be massive because we saw in the championship they had the tendency to fall off of Bielsa's style. It's so taxing that eventually they got tired and would lose some results. So I'll go for a Leeds win this one. I'll go for a 2-1 Leeds win. 2-1 Leeds win. That's good. I'll, I'll do it quickly like that. Give me Matthias Click as the best player because he is in my new team. And your new team, set-piece taker, of course, penalty taker for them. Uh Two nine, two nine pointers to start the season off. Two goals. He has, yeah. You got that bang on. Uh huh. A goal in each, and I think, yeah, that there we go. Two nine points to start, and 
Could see it continuing, to be honest. I mean, Sheffield United, we all know the kind of standard of play that they bring, but all those are kind of bigger defenders, getting quite rough around the edges in the box. So we see somebody else go down and um, lead towards another penalty. I'd probably back Click to score it. Last season, if they still had Henderson, probably not, but with Ramsdale, I could see Click getting one past him if he does get a penalty. So definitely one to keep your eye on. Uh, this season for your teams. Uh, Taylor, we'll move on to the next game and it is a bit of a relegation match, a big relegation match. Uh, Fulham versus Aston Villa. Uh, last week, despite uh, losing in that 4-3 match to Leeds, uh, Fulham, of course, did score three, uh, two, two goals for Big Metro up front. Uh, still looking as... <sighs> well, it's just Metro, isn't it? Uh, you you kind of know what you're going to get, but at this point, I uh, haven't watched them in the league before. Uh, although Villa did keep a clean sheet, Emmy Martinez making a fantastic debut, saving a penalty against Sheffield United and holding on for that clean sheet and a 1-0 win. How do we see it going in this one between the two teams? I feel like this could be a very boring game, <clears throat> although it does have potential to have probably a decent amount of goals, but probably wouldn't be the one to watch if you were going to watch a game. Could we, could we bring back uh, a certain uh, type of game of the week for this one, do you reckon? Is this the call? Yeah, I think this is definitely the kind of game. This is up there. We're probably the Brexit game of the week. Yeah, there it is. We have a buzzer. <laughs> oh, we really should. We should invest. Try and get the production value. The Brexit buzzer. The Brexit Oh, well. And the Brexit game of the week is just standard Macintosh one each, but um, it's going to be very boring, I think. Martinez would probably keep Villa in it, I'm going to say, because I feel mm. like Mitrovic has probably started hitting the ground running now. I had tip film to stay up with skin of our teeth this season. Have you? With West, yeah, with West Ham taking a place by millimetres, because when you've got a manager that's managing, as we'll get on it, probably. Well, in fact, we won't get on it. If you've got a manager that's managing you from a Zoom call, sitting in the dugout, <laughs> you're going to go down. You're going to go down, no matter what who you are. So, film will get up, and I feel like this could be the kickstart to their season. Scott Parker just needs to get that team basically up and going. Uh, they've not looked too good this season. They just don't look like anything about them. I think Graham said this before and so is Struan. So is yourself that they don't have an identity really for them. They're just, they're just hoping. They're trying mm-hmm. something different for last time where Villa do have an identity. But okay. I think Mitrovic could drag them through this game and it'll probably one each where I'm going to go your main man to have is probably Grealish or Mitro. Or if you really want, you can stick Martinez in there and just hope that one of them don't score. I think I am bringing Martinez into my team as one of my two goalkeepers. I think I'm going to back him. He's only 4.5 million for a starting goalkeeper. And we've already seen how good he has been over Project Restart and just in his first game this season. So I don't think he's a bad shout at all for your team. Uh, I don't know. I think I think I had Vela predicted to go down. And after the signings they've made, which I like a lot of them, I'm a big fan of Bertrand Traore. Uh, Ollie Watkins, while I believe that he overpaid for him, I still think he is a decent. Uh, he's at a decent level, especially for his age. So I don't know. I think players like that and with Martinez's contribution, I could potentially see them uh, edge in this game, maybe in a two-one win or something like that. So I don't know. I think I think there could be a bit more uh, to this game than a Brexit game normally suggests. Uh, finally, Struan, I'll come on to the last game we're going to talk about before our team of the week. Uh, Spurs taking on Newcastle at the Tottenham Hotspur Arena. Potentially the first appearance at the new stadium for uh, returning man Gareth Bale. Do we think he's going to start? Um, do we think Newcastle could bounce back in this one? How do we see it going? I don't think Bale is fit until October. Was oh, that right? If, if not, I think I think Marker reported he was going to be out for at least a month but by the time okay. they signed him. So. He might feature on the bench, but hopefully Reguilon will make an appearance because I'd like to see how he gets on in, um, in the Premier League. But I, I would back Spurs to win this game. I was I was quite excited for Newcastle at the start of the season, and I still am. I think they've got a good team, but I think Alan St. Maxman and potentially Jamal Lewis also being out, I think would be big blows to them. Mm-hmm. Obviously massive in defence and massive going forward. And I think Spurs at the moment are in quite good form. I think they've got their tails up following some really impressive signings, and they're looking to add Milan Skraniarv into Milan as well. So I think they'll... I think they're really pushing at the moment. Kane and Kane and Son are in incredible form at the moment Absolutely. as well. So I definitely advise keeping you know, taking either of them into your into your team if you haven't already done so. And yeah, I think this will be a, a Tottenham Hotspur victory. I think uh, it's probably the last uh, a fairly big chance to get more points on the board because they 
face United next week at Spurs and then have another decent run but then uh, going into December it gets a lot more difficult for them because they play City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace and Liverpool in the space of five games so I, I, I can see them uh, going in with the approach of trying to get as many points as they can early doors so I do think they're going to really be pushing for a big result but as we've seen over the years Newcastle do tend to be a bit of a bogey team for Tottenham so I don't know, there might be a bit of a bit of a twist to the, this tale yet uh, when this game gets played on Saturday, I do believe, is when this one. I am wrong, it's Sunday at 2 o'clock. So, <laughs> it shows I've done my research for this episode. Of course enough. Uh, that brings it into the games that we're going to talk about. Now we'll move on and discuss who we think is going to perform the best in our fantasy team of the week. Uh, we're going to look at players we've discussed, players we haven't, and try to come up with the best uh, set of players for you to get maximum points in your mini leagues this weekend. Starting, as always, at the back with goalkeeper and defence. Who are we backing to keep clean sheets this week? And I will come to Graham first for this. Uh, well, usually my approach to this is uh, to kind of give you the long shots. You do? Because, uh-huh. But we have three people playing wild cards. I imagine there's probably quite a few people playing wild cards. Mm. So I might be a bit more with some of the obvious picks. And... In goalkeeper, I have stuck with Nick Pope. I've stuck with Nick I've stuck Nick Pope in. Obviously, the Golden Glove winner from last year. Mm-hmm. Play, making it to the two goals last week, but had an excellent season. And there's no reason to suggest that he's going to uh, regress this season. So that is my keeper. I consider Patricio and Loris, but I went for Nick Pope. Is it, is, is it uh, home to Southampton? Southampton, we've already... Uh, touched on in podcast previous about not looking excellent this season. Their their high line has really been exploited. I mean, we saw how easily Kane and Son did it uh, last weekend. So I think it could be a bit of a different game in comparison, but we've seen Chris Wood has been up to his old tricks and been able to get back in amongst the goals already this season, as he did against Leicester. So I don't know. I, I, could, I could potentially see Pope uh, having a massive uh, performance. I don't know if I'd back any Burnley defenders in this one. I know you have. I know you've got um, the boy Taylor. Uh, Charlie, Charlie Taylor. Thank Charlie. you. Charlie Taylor. Uh, sounds like a almost v- very uh, reminiscent of a Peaky Blinders name. Something like that. That would fit in quite nicely there. But Charlie Taylor's in your team. I know that from just your uh, pre-recording screenshots in the group chat. Uh, boys, who else will be backing in defence this week? Uh, who T- Taylor, who are we, who are we backing to keep clean sheets? Uh, I put Kyle Walker Peters in as uh, I feel like he could be massive for Southampton, even if they probably don't win. I can see him probably get an assist, or I probably wouldn't be out to shout the fact that they beat Burnley and keep a clean sheet against him, although they've not had the best start. I've took the gamble and left Jamal Lewis in, whether he actually survives from that <sighs> ordeal, which was an absolute volley to the face. <laughs> I don't even know what else to call it. It was just. Sean Michaels. Um, absolute Sean Michaels. Absolutely, he was absolute Sean Michaels. We'll put it that way. Uh, which, uh, if he doesn't play, I've got Gabriel for Arsenal to come in off the bench. And I just didn't have enough uh, uh, transfers, so I have left Justin in, hoping the fact that my, my 2 0 prediction for City is wrong and that Leicester somehow start banging in the goals with Justin at the helm of it. But it's a tough week, I'd say. If you've not got many transfers or not use your wild cards, it's going to be a tough week for one uh, for defenders. So probably minimise that down to three, I would say. Minimise it down to three. One point I want to touch on just before I come to you, Struan, uh, about goalkeepers. Uh, obviously, there's been a new addition to uh, the goalkeeper union in the Premier League and Edward Mendy uh, coming in to really challenge for that number one jersey at Chelsea. But uh, just a couple of hours ago in, Chelsea, in Lampard's press conference, he did confirm that Mendy is not in contention to start over over the weekend, uh, to start against West Brom tomorrow night as we record on Friday. He will not be there and I will not back that Spanish man to start in starting goals again, I do believe. <laughs> after after making uh, nine saves against uh, Barnsley in our in Chelsea's Carabao Cup uh, match on Wednesday night, uh, I would give Willie Caballero the nod. If anyone does have a Chelsea goalkeeper in, or wants to put a Chelsea goalkeeper in, it'll be Caballero this weekend. I would I would probably back that quite heavily, but he won't be starting for the whole season, so don't waste your money, is, is the point I'm ramping up to. Uh, Struan, who, 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 who are you backing at the back this week? 
Uh, I think something like Rui Patricio has got a good shout against West Ham. West yep. Ham don't really offer too much going forward as well. There's also the potential of Muslier at uh, Leeds United, mostly because they're playing against Sheffield United, who just don't. I just don't think they have a good striker. I don't. I don't really see where their goals are going to necessarily come from. Even though Leeds have conceded seven in the opening two games, it's more. It's more about I just don't really see a Sheffield United necessarily creating something against that. But I think Rui Patricio's. Probably the good show. We mentioned Leicester's good run as well. Somebody like Casper Schmeichel, who is a short-term issue with Man City, but I think in the long term, he should be able to keep a few clean sheets, especially with mm-hmm. uh, Pereira coming back into the defence. And so you're tuned, hopefully, indeed sooner. Sooner rather than later, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, moving up the pitch, we'll start in midfield. Uh, Graham, who's in the middle of your park this week? This is the big hitters area, I would say. Absolutely. I have De Bruyne, I have Mari, I have Son, I have Hamez, and then my cheap option, as I mentioned earlier, Matthias Klick. I don't think we've met. We've kind of went over most of them. How good they are. The only one they kind of mentioned is Son, who I just think at 9 million has good value for a player that's already started the season. Well, we scored four goals last week. And around that price, which is kind of what I had left, I only had 9.3 left. There's not really anyone on Son's level. You're looking at Havertz, who's not started well. No. Pulisic and Bale are injured. Mahrez, especially Man City. So... That was probably the biggest decision was putting Son in, but I had really no other option. Well, I, I do think he's a good shout, to be honest. I think, uh, as we mentioned, just his run coming up, I think he does have potential to be able to, um, uh, to, to be able to kind of still perform to the same level. So hopefully, for your sake, I'm probably mine because I'll probably try and uh, weasel him in one way or another. He can perform. Uh, Struan, how about you? How are you? How are you shaping your midfield for this week? Uh, I've got I've gone three. I've got Jungman Son as well. I think he's. Uh, I think he'll have a really strong game against Newcastle. I've got Kai Havertz, who I have to admit I have been tempted to bring him out after securing a total of two points in the opening two games. <laughs> but I think against West Brom, and after scoring a hat trick against Barnes in the league, I think in the Carabao Cup, so I think he'll have hopefully found a bit of form, especially if he gets played in his position, will be useful. And I've gone for Bamiang. I, I predicted an Arsenal win. I think if if Arsenal do get any kind of goal, somebody like him will come up with the goods. Somebody maybe like Oriel Romeo as well. Mm-hmm. Southampton midfielder James Ward-Prowse, I think, could be interesting in that game. I'd probably bat Ward-Prowse to get more fancy points over Romeo as the more kind of destructive of the two there. But uh, you're always entitled to your opinion, Struan. Don't worry, I'll not take that Thank away you. from you. Uh, Taylor, how about you? How are you shaping up for your midfield this week? I've got four more midfield. I'll just fire through them quickly and we'll let you decide probably if it's a good idea. I'm just saying I've not got any set of players in. I've kept my Oba Boba in, the big Eva <laughs> in. I've got my Havertz Lavertz in, who's got Stop this. Absolutely Stop on this. his form after that hat trick he scored. James the Bondriguez is going to be continues creativity and Triori the story is going to be the absolute menace against West Ham because their managers sitting at home in isolation while you've got Hamines and Triori just linking up and absolutely tearing the West Ham apart. That's exactly what happened. Hamines. Hamines. That's genuinely... I mean, I mean sorry, oh. Triori. Triori and Hamines. Sorry, I was, cause I was looking at the front feet. Hamina, Hamina. What did you say? Say so what time is it? <laughs> oh wow! Well, that that's something else from you, Taylor. I have to say. Uh, well, all of my midfielders have been mentioned at least once, uh, apart from one man. So my current midfield that I'm uh, that I've shaped up just in my potential final draft of the wild card. I've got Zaha. I've got Kevin De Bruyne, James Rodriguez, Hyungmin Son, and Daniel Podence of Wolves, because of. Uh, Nelson Semedo's arrival at uh, the Molyneux, it would appear that uh, Dama Traore will be playing further up the park once again in a more uh, better suited role in a right winger position, but I don't think that's going to happen straight away because I think like Amende, uh, Semedo might not start straight away, uh, it might take him a week to get himself back fit and ready, so it might be until, uh, who do Wills play next week? They play Fulham until Fulham at home next week. I think that's when we might see the first appearance of Semedo in a shirt in a will shirt. I think it's a good pick, Jack. Especially, I, don't, I actually don't think that you say it's going to damage his place. I don't think that. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it could be Pedro Neto from Monday's team that would drop out and potentially stay in. Yeah, 
So I think for 5.6 million he's gone up. He's sitting on 11 points and assist in both games that he's played so far. And I, I, I just think he's, he's quite a good value for money pick. I think it's his addition has allowed me to spread my money out a bit better elsewhere and being able to get the premium options in attack, midfield and defence. So I'm, I'm quite I'm smugly... Are like quite quietly smug and quite quietly proud of the wildcard team I've put together. So, hopefully, it pays off, and I don't regret my decision of using it and bringing these players in. At this point, we'll finish with strikers. And just before we wrap things up here on today's episode, Graham, who's leading your line? I have brought in Calvert Lewin. Like I think everybody has, he has a twenty-six percent ownership now. And in there too, I went. I want to try and get low ownership players. And so I have three Burnley players. You get Chris Wood? I have Chris Wood in. Nice. Uh, and I have taken the risk in putting Patrick Bamford in. Oh, I, I like that. It's only 5.7 million. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of laugh at Patrick Bamford. We can't Don't score. Don't Well, he scored two goals and had two assists so far this season already against the league champions in Fulham. And Fulham. Still good. Maybe in, maybe in the Premier League, he just knows he doesn't have time to think about it because they were on the flash and that might help him out a bit. But he's such a cheap option. Yes. That I think for now, until Rodrigo maybe gets his place, which I think could be a while, I think he's a great shout. So would Calvert Lewin and Paddy Bamford? Would Lewin and Bamford. I like that. I like that front three a lot. Uh, I think there's a real good just kind of batch of players there. But I think. I might try and play about with this team again a bit more and try and sneak Bamford in or maybe move someone out of my defence or my midfield to be able what, to what, give me what, that option. Worry, the most worrying thing is that they do put Man City at home next week. Which I guess could be a massive... City aren't exactly the massive like defensive stalwarts. could be a amazing game. It could be, yeah. So I think it's needs to quite a few goals. Mm-hmm. They have a few goals maybe a bit spread out, which could yeah. be a problem. Uh, Taylor, what about you? Who have you got up front this week? Uh, I actually used my transfer this week for one of my strikers. I kept burning it in. I just feel like he will eventually, as soon as he finds the net, he will do it consistently. I've camped in Jimenez because he's playing West Ham, as I've mentioned before. Manager <laughs> is sitting in a flat right now, and it's got to have to just, if they somehow lose, whilst this pack in, just leave. Just leave. <laughs> just leave. Take you and your Portugal team away. Just, just don't. But my other one is in the middle. The Charlton, the scary man. He, <laughs> he is just. I feel like this is his big season. I, he could get a big move after this season. I, I generally could see him putting. He's already. Really... T- they've already turned in eighty million for him from Barcelona. Apparently, that, that was that yeah, was in can, January, mind. Yeah, I can see him actually getting these big moves after this season. Like away, this is when it probably Evan will cash him in after his like probably what you could see his golden season. Him and probably DCL have got a good partnership and. Um, I feel like they'll probably complement each other, either assisting each other or basically just one of them banging a hat trick where the other one just sits and does nothing. I probably know my luck will be the Charleston this week against Crystal Palace, but yeah, that's my that's my front three. And I'm, I, I, as I said before, this is a front three to have. Everybody else's answer is wrong. So here we go. I like I like how you're self confident today, Taylor. Uh, I need to be. I'm nervous. <laughs> I mean, you're wrong for the most part, but like, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good to have that self confidence in yourself. It's... Oh well, if if, no, if I if I don't do it, who else will? It's a good point, Stuart. How about you? How are you shaping up your attack for this weekend? Uh, I've got Timo Werner, who's my captain, because West Brom are terrible and are now even without Kieran Gibbs. So mm-hmm. goals galore in that one, as I mentioned with Havertz earlier. I've also got Calvert Lewin. Always rate him. I think he have a decent performance against Crystal Palace. As Graham said, I think everybody's brought him in. I've, I've got I've got Callum Wilson. I've moved him to the bench at the moment, though, because I don't think they'll have too much luck against Tottenham at the yeah. moment. But, again, he's one of those ones who I think will play very frequently for Newcastle this season in the long term. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely recommend Timo Werner and Calvert-Lewin this week. You could make a point for somebody like a Martial against Brighton, but I, I wouldn't be so sure. You wouldn't be so sure, but that's just your own uh, pessimism about United coming through there. Jimenez is a good shout as well against West Ham. I currently do have Werner and Jimenez in my team. I think I'm going to play a 3-5-2 and uh, just leave that last spot on my bench for a striker to Keenan Davis at 4.5 million. He came off the bench for 28 minutes against Sheffield United, so you never know. He might he might, he might pop up with a goal here, here or there for Villa this season. Uh, part of me does want to take Jimenez out and put uh, DCL in and then put the money uh, into Davis for either Bamford or Mitro. 
but I suppose time will tell how how I react to that because I just do value Jimenez as a player very much. I think he's an excellent striker and with Wolves having a fairly decent run in their next few weeks, I think he's going to really shoot up the goal-scoring charts. But that's just my opinion and I'm really hopeful that it pans out that way. And with that, that brings us to an, the end of another episode of the Fancy Ramble. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, like we said in the beginning a couple of times, if you've not joined our Fancy League, make sure to do so with the code DPPRDJ. Follow us over on Twitter at Fantasy Ramble to get all of our predictions. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast feed wherever you get yours to make sure you keep up to date with all the new episodes when they come out. Uh, go ahead and follow Energy Sport over on Twitter. That's ENRG Sport to keep up to date with this show and all other sporting content coming out of uh, Edinburgh Napier University. Uh, I want to say a massive thank you to Graham Struan and Taylor for joining me on today's episode. We'll be back next week to cover the next set of fixtures, but until then, my name's Jack Donnelly. This has been the Fancy Ramble by Energy Sport. Thank you very much for listening. Good luck this weekend, and we'll see you next time.